G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says, for those who've given their hearts to Jesus Christ, they know what lies ahead of them. Your future is very bright. You're thinking, how do you know? I'll take it a step further. Your future is going to be better than your past. How would you know if you live my past? No, I have not. Well, how would you know what my future is? If you're a Christian, you're going to heaven. Therefore, your future is very bright. It's true. This is the day when the lost are found. know someone's about to go on a cruise, you know this for sure, they're about to taste a lot of very tempting food. If you know a young couple with a new baby, you know this for sure, they're about to take a lot of photos. If you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, we know this for sure, you will spend eternity in God's presence in heaven. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that and so much more from our continuing study of prophecy called End of Days. We're in Daniel chapter 9, Daniel chapter 9, and the title of my message is Making Sense of the Prophetic Puzzle. Look at Daniel 9 verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street will be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times, And after this 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. Stop there. (laughs) I know some of you are scratching your head and you're saying, "Uh, what? (laughs) What does it even mean? Let me read it to you from a modern translation. Listen. It will be 49 years, says the Lord to Daniel, plus 434 years from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah comes. Jerusalem's streets and walls will be rebuilt despite perilous times. After this period of 483 years, the anointed one, or the Messiah, will be killed, but not for himself. His kingdom is still unrealized. So what does this mean? Let's sort of take it apart and put it back together. God is telling Daniel that the city and walls of Jerusalem will be rebuilt, because they're in ruin at this time. When did that happen? under Nehemiah. Remember we studied that book together in a series we called The Rebuilt Life. So Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. And so apparently Nehemiah was a very cheerful guy because one day the king said, hey Nehemiah, why do you look so sad? He was probably one of those guys that is smiling all the time. And I love that when Christians are that way. 
But at this moment in time, he wasn't smiling. So the king says, what's, what's the problem, Nehemiah? He goes, I'm sad. I'm sad for my people. Their, their city is lying in ruins. And Artaxerxes says, well, what do you want to do? Well, king, I would love to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls again. King says, I think that's a good idea. I hate to have you gone, but I'll tell you what I'll do because I like you so much. I'm going to send an armed escort and I'm going to underwrite the whole project. So the prophetic clock was set into motion. From the moment that king gave the decree to rebuild the city, 173,880 days later, Jesus of Nazareth rode into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey, fulfilling Bible prophecy to a T. That is amazing to me. So the people are having a party. They're waving palm branches. They're crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David. And you know what Jesus is doing? He's weeping. Why is he weeping? Because he knows he's going to be cut off. That's what Daniel said. Messiah will arrive and he will be cut off. Jesus knew he was going to die for the sins of the people. Look at verse 26 of Daniel 9. After the 62 weeks, Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. Jesus was coming primarily to die on the cross for the sins of the world. He knew that. And he knew these very people that were crying, Hosanna today, and only ours would be crying, crucify him and let his blood be on us and on our children later. At 33, most people are saying, it is beginning. At 33, Jesus Christ said, it is finished. It's not that he was finished. But his work was finished, the work that God had given him to do to die on the cross for our sin. Now an interesting twist. When this happened, the prophetic clock suddenly stops, like in a football game. You know, you're almost at the end of the game. The score is tied and they stop it. And you know, when that clock starts again, you have like two minutes, say, and and then it's over with. And so this next play is super significant. It's like the prophetic clock suddenly stops. It's a time out. And it will start ticking again when Antichrist is revealed. That brings us to verse 26. The prince who is to come. This is not Jesus. This is Antichrist. The prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it will be with a flood and the end of the word desolations are determined. Underline the word desolations. I'll tell you why in a moment. Desolations are determined and he will confirm a covenant with many for one week. That's seven, period of seven, in this case seven years. But in the middle of the week he'll bring an end to the sacrifice and offering and on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate. The prince is the Antichrist who will inaugurate a seven year tribulation period. He'll initially emerge on the scene as a man of peace. He'll be charismatic, brilliant, a satanic superman, but in reality, the devil's son. Antichrist will help the Jewish people rebuild their temple, which would be the third temple. But then, after the temple is rebuilt, that is when the abomination of desolation takes place, spoken of by Jesus in Matthew 24 and what we call the Olivet Discourse in which he does a flyover of end times events. And he says, when you see the abomination of desolation, then it says, let the reader understand. So God clearly wants us to understand what this is all about. 
The Antichrist will erect an image in the temple and command everyone to worship. This will mark the halfway point of the tribulation and for the remaining three and a half years Antichrist will make everyone take his mark and no one can buy or sell without it. He'll persecute Jewish people. He'll persecute Christians. And he'll ultimately be destroyed along with his forces in the battle of Armageddon. That's, that's all gonna come in the future. So I know some of you are thinking, wow, this is like kind of depressing. Okay, so let's get the big picture now. Pull the camera back. What should we be looking for? Antichrist, who's Antichrist? Forget that. You'll never figure it out. The Bible does not say look for Antichrist. It tells you to look for Jesus Christ. That's our focus. It's great to have you with us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US. Today, Pastor Greg is continuing his message called Making Sense of the Prophetic Puzzle. Let's continue. So we've talked about the future of the world. Let me just talk for a moment about your personal future. Here's just a couple of things to know about your personal future. First of all, let me say, your future is very bright. You're thinking, how do you know? You know, you haven't lived my life. I'll take it a step further. Your future is gonna be better than your past. How would you know if you lived my past? No, I have not. Well, how would you know what my future is? Because of what the Bible says. And here's what I know about you, no matter what is in your future. If you're a Christian, you're going to heaven. Therefore, your future is very bright. It's true. Well, that's a form of escapism, is it? Hallelujah, get me out of here then. (laughs) I think those that are the most heavenly minded are of the greatest earthly good. Loose paraphrase of C.S. Lewis, those that think the most about the next world do the most for this one. It gives us an eternal perspective as we live our lives. So your future is bright. Number two, your future is good. And why do I say that? Because the Bible says, Romans 8, 28, we know that all things are working together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Now there are things that happen in life that are inexplicable. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to godly people. And I can't explain it. I've had bad things happen to me. And many of you have had bad things happen to you. And I look years later at them and I still say, that's a bad thing that happened. I don't know why that happened. But yet God promises He'll work all things together for good. He doesn't say He'll necessarily make a bad thing good. But He says good will come maybe despite the bad thing. And I think when we get to heaven it will all be sorted out. And I suggest to you when we're in heaven we may look back on earth. And by the way you will have memory in heaven. Sometimes people say in heaven you'll remember nothing about earth. I don't know why you would say that. There are many verses that would imply that we'll have recollection of life on earth and even have more knowledge. I mean we're gonna know more in heaven not less, right? So I think I could look back on my life on earth and actually say that thing that I thought was a bad thing actually was a really good thing because of what it produced. Let me illustrate. I have five grandchildren, four granddaughters. And uh, they like dolls. They're pretty much mostly over the dolls now. But they like dolls for a while. And they would break dolls. It happens, you know. So I would buy extras, right? A few extras put away. 
So my granddaughter would come in, as she did one occasion, Papa, the doll's head came off. And there before me is a headless doll. She's holding the head. She's got the body. Papa, I can fix it. So I'm trying to screw the doll's head on, you know, and it's not going on. And I can't get the head to go back. I said, it's okay. It's not okay. The doll's head is gone. It's okay. It'll be okay. Trust me. It's not okay, Papa. You don't understand. Actually, I do understand. It's going to be okay. But I said, look at this. And I give them a brand new doll. They're like, ah. suddenly it's okay. They don't even want the decapitated doll now. <laughs> they throw it to the floor, run off with a brand new doll, right? So here we are in this life. God, why did you let this happen? God says, it'll be okay. No, it's not okay, God. You don't know what you're doing. No, I know what I'm doing. No, you don't understand. Actually, I do understand. No, it's gonna be okay. You'll see. And then one day I get to heaven and I look back and I say, now, Lord, I understand why that happened. Now, Lord, I realize why this thing took place in my life. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was. But three times he said, Lord, would you remove this thorn, this affliction? And God said in response, my grace is sufficient for you. So Paul then goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so the power of Christ can work through me. Take pleasure in my weaknesses and the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ for when I am weak, then I am strong. What are you, nuts? No. He has a heavenly perspective. Yeah, this stuff is hard, but I rejoice in it because when I'm weak, I'm strong. So your future is bright, your future is good, and your future will be provided for. Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What are these things? The context from the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord says what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink, what you're gonna wear. I'll elaborate a little more. Where you're gonna live, what you're gonna drive, who you're gonna marry, all the needs of life. He says I'll take care of that if you'll put me first and seek me first. The Bible is filled with the promises of God. There are thousands of promises in this book to the follower of Jesus Christ. And I think in many cases we haven't taken hold of them. They're sort of like gift cards. Do people ever give you gift cards? Let me ask a question. How many of you have ever received a gift card? Raise up your hand. Okay, how many of you have ever given a gift card? Raise up your hand. How many of you, you're in church, you answer honestly. <laughs> how many of you have ever re-gifted a gift card? Raise up your hand. I knew it. <laughs> I've done it too. Because <laughs> I have a drawer that I throw gift cards in. I'm like, what is this, liver donuts? I don't wanna, <laughs> there isn't really a liver donut. Someone's Googling, oh I like that, sounds good. No, but you know, I, I get gift cards from places I never will go to, so I, I put them in a drawer. They're unredeemed gift cards, and the sad thing is someone spent money on that. That card has value, but if it's unredeemed, I'll never know that value. And God has given us promises, and we're like people that don't redeem gift cards. Here are the promises of God. Take hold of them. So let's go back to this earlier statement of Daniel and conclude. Verse 26, he will be cut off but not for himself. That's why Jesus came, to be cut off. Because we're cut off from God by our sin. 
Some say, well, Jesus came to be the greatest moral teacher of all time. Well, trust me, he was that and a lot more. Well, he came to perform miracles. Yes, he did perform many amazing miracles. But the primary reason Jesus Christ was born in a manger in Bethlehem and then lived a perfect life and then died on the cross was so we could be forgiven of our sin. Jesus said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. He said, I have come to give my life as a ransom for many. Why? Because we're separated by God. Let's say we all decided to jump to the moon. Let's jump to the moon. And I said, I'll go first. And I get all my energy and I jumped up maybe three feet. That's as high as I could go. And you come along and you jump maybe four feet. And then an Olympic pole vaulter comes along and maybe he gets up 20 feet. And then a guy with a rocket pack, he comes along and he gets up a thousand feet. And then the power goes out and it's not a good ending for him. Okay, so here's the question. Did the guy in the rocket pack go higher than I went? Yes. Did the guy in the rocket pack get any closer to touching the moon? No. So that's us. Oh, I'll live a good life. I'll be a moral person. Granted, some may be more moral than others. Some may sin more than others, but we all fall short. And despite our best efforts, we don't even get close to reaching heaven or meeting the righteous standards of God. So God loved us so much, He said, that's, I'll take care of this for you. And He sent His Son to this earth to be cut off. And that's what Jesus did. He went to the cross and He was cut off so we could have a relationship with Him. So I would like to close in prayer and extend an opportunity for any of you who are not sure if your sin is forgiven. You're not certain that you would go to heaven if you were to die. You don't know if you're ready for the Lord's return, but you want to be. I want you all to respond to this invitation that I will extend now as we pray together. And then you will become a child of God and He will forgive you of all of your sin. Let's all bow our heads. Everybody praying, please. Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us, to be cut off for us, and then to rise again three days later. Now, Lord, I pray for every person here who does not know you. Help them to see their need for you. Help them to come to you and help them to believe in you at this very moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. And if you'd like to follow through and accept the Lord's sacrifice for your sins, Pastor Greg can help you do that right now. I think people are surprised that it doesn't take years to become a Christian. It doesn't take months. It doesn't take weeks. It doesn't take days. It doesn't even take hours. You can believe on the spot. And I would like to lead you in a prayer where you can ask for His forgiveness, a prayer where you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and Lord. So if you want Christ to come into your life, if you want Him to forgive you of your sin, if you want a second chance in life, if you want to go to heaven when you die, stop what you're doing and pray after me. These words, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin, and I turn from it now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. 
as Savior and Lord, as God and friend. Thank you for loving me and calling me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you've just prayed those words with Pastor Greg, the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. The Bible says Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we'd like to send you some materials to help you begin this new life. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it and we'll send it your way free of charge if you've prayed for the first time today with Pastor Greg. Just call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. That number again, 1-800-772-936. Ever been puzzled by a prayer that seems God never answered? Did God hear it? Did he ignore it? Next time on A New Beginning, fresh insight from Pastor Greg as he presents a new message called Why Our Prayers Are Not Answered. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Making Sense of the Prophetic Puzzle. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.